Welcome to the Say Yes to Holiness podcast. I'm Christina Simmons, your host, and thanks for joining me today as I seek to inspire, encourage, and accompany you on the journey towards holiness by sharing food for the head, heart, hands, and feet, all so we may grow closer to God, become more like Jesus, and through friendship, discover the life God created us for, lives of purpose, peace, and abundance, rooted in the hope that with God's grace and mercy, we can become the living, breathing, wonder-working saints that the world so desperately needs today. Hey everyone, Christina Simmons from Say Yes to Holiness here, and I'm so very excited because it's almost time. Time for what, you might ask? Time for the 40-day celebration of the greatest gift we've ever received. And what might that be? Well, during this Advent and Christmas season, I'm asking you to join me for 40 days of discovery, adoration, and celebration as we focus our minds and hearts on Christ. This 40-day celebration is going to consist of a daily email with a brief excerpt from my own book, Say Yes, Discovering Purpose, Peace, and Abundance in Daily Life, along with a short reflection by me, but most importantly, daily action steps that include prayer prompts, and a daily resolution to help you implement your prayer more fully into your daily life. The goal being that at the end of this 40-day celebration, you'll have grown in your habit of daily prayer and meditation, and also in your capacity to live out a life of virtue more easily, quickly, and with joy. So join the celebration today and go to sayyestoholiness.com forward slash 40 dash day dash celebration. Again, that's say yes to holiness.com forward slash 40 dash day dash celebration. Hope to see you there. Hello and welcome to episode 97 of the Say Yes to Holiness podcast. I'm Christina Simmons, your host, and this week I'm focusing upon who do we trust? Who are we trusting in our lives? Are we trusting the plan that God has laid out before us as the divine doctor of our soul? Or are we relying upon ourselves? Or are we looking to others in order to help us find that happiness and fulfillment in our lives? These are all questions that we need to ponder, particularly as we're coming near the end of the liturgical year. And the church is asking us to focus upon what is going to happen at the end. But the fact is, is that we never know when the end is coming because we're not guaranteed tomorrow, are we? So today's podcast is to help you be able to ponder and then to be answering for yourselves that question. Who do you trust? See you on the flip side. Hey, Christina Simmons from Say Yes to Holiness is here. And just a friendly reminder, if you like the full-length episode of this podcast, then go ahead and go into the description and go and check out the episode on Spotify or on Apple. Again, the full episode can be found on all your favorite platforms like Spotify and Apple. And I hope that you enjoy this episode today. So our food for the head comes from... 
Father Jean-Nicolas Grau in his book, The Spiritual Life, and he writes, The human soul, by its very nature, is endowed with the faculty of knowing God and the capacity for loving Him. The intelligence of the soul, transporting itself above all that is created and finite, has power to raise itself even to the contemplation of that being who alone is uncreated and infinite, who is the source of all good and all perfection. It is able to form in, of him an idea that is clear and accurate and indelible. The will of the soul is made to love this sovereign good, which the understanding presents to it. The desires of the soul, which no created object can ever satisfy, and which reach far beyond the limits of this life, tend necessarily toward a good that is supreme, eternal, and infinite, and which alone can content the soul and make it happy. When we think about how it is that we have been created of our capacities of intellect, of reason, of our ability to use our intelligence in order to ponder things that are beyond ourselves. In other words, we're not like animals. We have the capacity to be able to transport ourselves, to contemplate things that are not of ourselves, to contemplate things that are all good and all perfection. And oftentimes, though, we will deny our soul this very thing that it's longing for. And, you know, why is that or how is that? Because we go through our day like we're merely animals. We respond to our bodily needs and our comforts. And many times we'll just be going from one thing to the next, not even pausing to give thought and reflection to what it is that we're about let alone who it is that we are. And it's amazing, again, this intelligence that we have, you know, beyond natural instincts. Um, and Father, Father Grau talks about this. But the more important thing is not just our intelligence, which our society tends to focus upon way too much. It tends to focus upon how smart are you and, you know, what are you able to give a witty repartee and, you know, what, what are you able to do with your mind? But the fact is, is that our soul is what is truly unique and powerful and transcendent, not our intelligence. Even though we see the fruits of our intelligence and all the marvelous things that are around us, all the inventions, all the things that we have been able to, you know, devise in order to, quote, make life better. But the fact is, is that it is our soul that is the source of true happiness. And it's the contemplation of things beyond the limits of this life. You know, no created object is ever going to be able to satisfy us. No person, no thing, no material thing that we find around us, no place that we go in, in this world is going to truly satisfy, satisfy us and make us happy. But so often we continue to fill ourselves with more and more and more in the hope that it will. If we get more, then of course we must be happy, right? But that's not the way of it, is it?
And for those of us who have been on the journey for a little while, we know this. We know this deep down inside, but yet we succumb to what the world tells us to do, right? And what's the result? We don't put first things first in our lives. We forget that we're endowed for more to be more because we do have an eternal soul, a soul that allows us to contemplate and to immerse ourselves in what is good and true and beautiful and to love the source of all that is good and true and beautiful because he is all goodness and truth and beauty, God. But how often do we go through the routine of our day without pondering for even a moment the beauty that's all around us? Or stopping to marvel in the sheer joy of a moment with a friend, of that camaraderie, of that moment of connection that we have. Or to appreciate a precious moment of intimacy with a loved one, the briefest of touches, the look across the room, the shared smile and understanding. Why is it that we don't pause to contemplate because especially we were made for more. So many times we, again, we're surrounding ourselves with things and tasks that make us less, not more. And this is where our discontent and our unhappiness comes from. Because God alone is the only one who's able to satisfy. We know this. We know this in our reason. We know this. We know this in our hearts. No one and no thing is going to be able to give us peace or fulfillment when we're rushing about trying to find satisfaction in the things around us. You're in a zero-sum game if you think or believe anything else. God doesn't play zero-sum games. God is beyond them. He's the God of abundance, and he's the ultimate author of the win-win-win because he allows our soul to enter into his abundance. But only if we embrace and live the reality that he alone is the source of our happiness. Our food for the heart comes from St. Teresa of Avila in her book, The Interior Castle. She writes, we must beg God constantly in our prayers to uphold us by his hand we should keep ever in our minds the truth that if he leaves us, most certainly we shall fall at once into the abyss, for we must never be so foolish as to trust in ourselves. After this, I think the greatest safeguard is to be very careful and to watch how we advance in virtue. We must notice whether we are making progress or falling back in it, especially as regards the love of our neighbor the desire to be thought the least of all, and how we perform our ordinary, everyday duties. If we attend to this and beg our Lord to enlighten us, we shall at once perceive our gain or loss. There's so much here that we could reflect upon, but let's begin for a moment with how it is that we should be praying. And it's we must be attentive to asking God constantly, not just for the needs and desires of our heart, not just that intercessory prayer, 
but also be attentive to our need for him to remain present to us in all things, for him to be present to us. This is our adoration. This is our contemplation. This is our thanksgiving. This is where us being able to remember that it's only God who is sustaining us in our prayer. And it's not our own efforts. I know that's something that's hard for me to remember because, you know, especially on days when I don't feel like I've really been attentive to prayer or I don't really feel like I got anything out of prayer. But the fact is, is by showing up, God then sustains us. God is caring for us and ensuring that we have exactly and whatever it is that we need for that day. Therefore, we have to trust in Him, not ourselves, especially when it comes to growing in our interior life. But we forget that simple fact, don't we? At least I know I do. We fall into that attitude of self-sufficiency, and then we live our lives accordingly. We live our lives without gratitude. We live our lives without a deep appreciation for all that God has given us. When we lack appreciation, we also tend to not be very attentive to our life of virtue. We get complacent. We don't strive to grow in virtue each and every day. We set aside our daily resolution that should be coming from our prayer because we think, eh, I'm doing okay, and we fail to see how we're slipping. For me, this comes to the fore very much in like how it is that I eat, whether or not I'm eating healthily. And it's something of where I love chocolate, I love, you know, sweets like that. And so I'll be doing really well and, you know, I'll have the occasional piece of candy or, you know, chocolate or something. And then it becomes, <clears throat> excuse me, then it becomes a every day and then it becomes an every meal and then it all of a sudden it's like I'm making really bad choices and I've really slipped far away from eating well. So I use that example because we do the same in our life of virtue of where we are doing really well for example to um, to manage our anger. So uh, we you know we'll be patient with someone you know and we're doing well and we don't say a harsh word for example but then you know we start to slip and then we will say a harsh word you know to our loved ones and then we get worse about it and then all of a sudden we're speaking harshly and thinking you know badly of people all the time and this is something of where we have to remember that we can't get complacent especially when it comes to our attempts to grow in love. Because it's as we strive to grow in love, God sustains us because God is love. He sustains us by giving us more of his love. And as we continue to enter ever more deeply into his interior life, our interior life with him, then we're able to love as he loves, to be that love to be a witness to his love to others. And this is where the practice of a daily examine can really help us because examine has us focus, one, upon gratitude. We begin with gratitude of all the ways that God has cared for us. 
But then we look and examine, very briefly, of the ways that we have responded or not responded to God's offerings of grace throughout the day. And it gives us an opportunity then, when we see how we haven't responded, not to beat ourselves up, but rather say, Lord, I'm sorry for the ways that I have not responded to you today. Help me do better tomorrow. Help me put first things first and begin with you and then rely upon you throughout the day to sustain me. This is how we do our work and God is able to do his because we allow him to do so. Because it's always about free choice. It's always about our free will. It's always about our saying yes. Our food for the hands comes from St. Maximilian Kolbe. He writes, One can speak neither of conversion nor of sanctification, provided that the soul wishes to collaborate with such grace. For this reason, therefore, one can speak neither of conversion nor of sanctification without the help of the Immaculata, the mother of divine grace. Indeed, the closer one comes to this dispenser of divine graces, the more graces one obtains, the more easily one is made holy and contributes to the sanctification of others. St. Maximilian Kolbe is one of the great saints, particularly of Marian devotion, of devotion to Mary, the mother of God, but Mary is our mother as well. And he points out about the fact that it is Our Lady, Mary, who assists us in our journey of conversion and sanctification. Now, a lot of times, Mary gets a bad rap, or I should say our devotion to Mary gets a bad rap from even Catholics, let alone those who are not Catholic and don't understand Mary's role. But we have to remember, why is Mary so important? Because God made her so. God created Mary, not to just to be his mother, but to be our mother. And when she assented, when she said yes, when she gave her yes at the Annunciation to the great honor that was offered to her, she then was permitting God to work in her life in such a profound way that she not only became a model for us of how sanctity could be formed in us, but God then made her the most effective instrument for assisting us on our journey too. And God did this by making Mary our mother as well. He did this at the cross of when he entrusted Mary to John and John he entrusted to Mary. It is in this moment that these honors were bestowed upon her so that he was demonstrating in that moment his great love for her and he was raising her eventually in the assumption he raised her both body and soul to this great honor as queen of heaven and earth all these honors are not because we're supposed to worship her no all these honors are so that we can recognize her importance in our life of her importance of being a you know, instrument for our conversion and helping us on our continued journey towards sanctification, towards holiness. So we need to be striving to develop the virtues that Mary exemplified. 
especially humility and reverence. She never presumed upon her sanctity. She never presumed that because she was the mother of God, that she was entitled to a special place. No, rather, she gave thanks. She began with that gratitude, that appreciation. She understood that God sustained her. She understood this and lived it out. And this is what we are to do so that we can become better instruments of God but, and especially be better witnesses of her son, our Lord Jesus. Because when we turn to her, who has been given the privilege of dispensing divine graces, now that doesn't mean she has the grace, rather she dispenses it. So just like the story of Joseph in the Old Testament, of where he is entrusted with authority over all of Egypt, Pharaoh get, makes him second in command. In a similar way, God has entrusted his graces to Mary because she is so in union with him that there's nothing that she can do that is not going to be in accordance with what he wills and what he desires. So she dispenses those graces to where they're most needed. When we are turning to Mary, then we are able to become more and more faithful witnesses. We're able to become better instruments of love and mercy in the world. But we have to begin with humility. We have to begin with reverence. Our food for the feet comes from Father Jean-Baptiste Saint-Juret in his book, Trustful Surrender to Divine Providence. He writes, we trust ourselves to a doctor because we suppose he knows his business. He orders an operation which involves cutting away part of our body and we accept it. We're grateful to him and pay him a large fee because we judge he would not act as he does unless the remedy were necessary and we must rely on his skill. Yet we are unwilling to treat God in the same way. It looks as if we do not trust his wisdom and are afraid he cannot do his job properly. We allow ourselves to be operated on by a man who may easily make a mistake, a mistake which may cost us our life, and protest when God says to work on us. If we could see all he sees, we would unhesitatingly wish all he wishes. This is something for us to def definitely reflect upon, isn't it? Of how it is that we refuse to allow God to move in our minds and hearts and souls to bring about the necessary change for us to become his signs and lights of love and mercy in the world. Signs that are desperately needed in our world today. But we don't trust God's will and plan for us, do we? But this is where striving to grow daily in virtue, to grow in humility and reverence, of how it is that we can make an act of faith and trust in God's will. So many times we fail to exercise, don't we? We fail to exercise our trust in what God is trying to do, and we say no. We don't say yes. We resist. 
But when we trust in God and how he is working in our lives, then we are allowing the doctor of our soul to do the very operations that are necessary in order for us to be fully alive, to be well, to be living that life of purpose and peace and abundance that he desires for us. So we have to reflect. If we're sick and injured and we go to the doctor and we trust his prescription that he gives us, if he's telling us to do particular things, you know, take medicine, stop eating certain foods, or do particular exercises, like I'm recovering from shoulder surgery still, and it's something of where I'm being told to do particular exercises and do particular things, and I'm doing those things so that I can restore my physical health. Why aren't I trusting God to do the same? The very doctor who is caring for our immortal souls. So how might we grow in this trust? Well, we spend time in prayer. We immerse ourselves in his living word. We go to mass, not just once a week, but we strive to go additionally during the week so we can receive his love and the graces of Eucharist and reconciliation. We strive to grow in virtue each day, but especially we strive to model his love and care and concern for our neighbors by loving our neighbors as ourselves. These are the things that God has prescribed for us, that our divine doctor has prescribed for us to do each day. So the question that we must put before us and to ponder is how well are we doing? So what might be some resolutions you can take from our conversation today? Well, the first is, is to make a resolution that you're going to stop and pause and contemplate the beauty around you or to be reflective of that camaraderie with a friend or a precious moment of intimacy with a loved one. So that would be one resolution is to pause and contemplate. The second would be to incorporate a daily examine, uh, to strive to spend at least five minutes at the end of each day, giving gratitude and then reflecting upon the ways that you've responded or not responded to God's graces that day, asking his forgiveness and then committing to doing better the final day. And then another resolution, of course, is to entrust yourself to Mary. As we get ready to enter into the great season of Advent in particular, it's a wonderful time for you to make a Marian consecration, to entrust yourself to Mary more fully. And you can do that either by doing that consecration or by renewing your consecration or by making a small daily act of entrustment as St. Maximilian Kolbe uh, has. So you can actually Google that. But all of those are different ways that we can grow in our capacity to trust in God more fully. Hey everyone, Christina Simmons from Say Yes to Holiness here, and I'm so very excited because it's almost time. Time for what, you might ask? Time for the 40-day celebration of the greatest gift we've ever received. And what might that be? Well, during this Advent and Christmas season, I'm asking you to join me for 40 days of discovery, 
adoration, and celebration as we focus our minds and hearts on Christ. This 40-day celebration is going to consist of a daily email with a brief excerpt from my own book, Say Yes, Discovering Purpose, Peace, and Abundance in Daily Life, along with a short reflection by me, but most importantly, daily action steps that include prayer prompts and a daily resolution to help you implement your prayer more fully into your daily life. The goal being that at the end of this 40-day celebration, you'll have grown in your habit of daily prayer and meditation, and also in your capacity to live out a life of virtue more easily, quickly, and with joy. So join the celebration today and go to sayyestoholiness.com forward slash 40 dash day dash celebration. Again, that's sayyestoholiness.com forward slash 40 dash day dash celebration. Hope to see you there. Thanks again for spending time with me today. If you have any suggestions for upcoming podcasts, please leave me a voicemail using the link in the podcast show notes or message me through the Say Yes to Holiness Facebook page at Say Yes to Holiness through my website at www.sayyestoholiness.com or send an email directly to me at Christina Simmons at gmail.com. I look forward to the opportunity to continue the conversation we have begun here. In the interim, please know my continued prayers for you and your loved ones, especially that each of us may continue to strive to do whatever it takes in order to grow in holiness as we continue to tell the master of death, not today. I look forward to having a conversation again with you soon.